We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heapy Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Carla Navas. And with me today is not producer co-founder Brian Goins. He is doing wedding stuff. Brian's getting married and we're very excited for him. But in his steed, we have an esteemed panel to break down the Miami Heat's win against the Philadelphia 76ers. The slacking of the 76ers, I may add. And the upcoming trade deadline on Friday and all tons of all-star stuff. So joining me today is our Associate Nuggets insider, Mr. Lefty Leaf. Yo, yo, what's up? Yeah, what's up, man? And we have our own statistician and pun master, Nikaias Duncan. Hello, Nikaias. I feel like you've been. Uh, I feel like you've been slacking on the puns on Twitter. I feel like you were more pun centric a couple years ago. You're not wrong, man. I, I got to get back to it. Like I dropped a couple during uh, the Super Bowl, and good. was predictably yelled at. So it was a success on my end. But uh, I will definitely step it up. I need the All Star break just as much as everyone else does. <laughs> Like you are, uh, you are as good as that as the Heat are at offense this year, six in the league in offensive rating. Um, and with that, we transition to the to the demise, the obliteration, the running out of the gym 
of the 76ers. And boys, I I put this poll on the Heat Beat account. Like, what team do you most want to watch the Heat beat? And I, I gave three, I gave four options. I gave the Heat. Uh, I'm sorry. I gave the the Pacers. No, I'm like not even doing my poll right. It was <laughs> it was the Sixers, it was the Celtics, it was the Knicks, and it was other. The Pacers were like my fourth option, but I, I put the other. Uh, and the results came back overwhelmingly Philadelphia. But but they would rather be the Sixers. Don't forget. They would, yeah. According to George Sedano of ESPN, friend of the show, we'd, he'd, we'd rather be the Sixers. Why why does this fan base so badly want to beat that team? Is it the bad playoff blood? Is it the process stuff? Like what what's going on there? I mean, I think that it has to do with that there was a fundamental difference in the way that organizations approach team building and obviously we've um accentuated that as a fan base like, you know, with the culture versus process stuff. Then there was the chippiness in the playoffs. So that has um has contributed a bit. Embiid is a big personality that I think fans like to Corny. to dislike, quite frankly. Um, so there's, there's like kind of a perfect little mix there. And then Jimmy coming was the icing on the cake. So there's definitely uh, some rivalry elements. Nikias, I know that we've talked about how we feel about playing Philly in the playoffs. And you and I have agreed prior to this meeting that if they were to play, Philly would probably be favored. Do you still feel that way today after that public dismantling of that team? Uh, if Miami's like, the home seed. Yeah, like I'm wavering on it a little bit because like when I had that, again, I picked Philly to win the title before the season started just for full transparency. But I just didn't see a way for Miami to score consistently against Philly just because of how big they're projected to be. And I do still have my concerns about um, either Kendrick Nunn or Tyler Hero being your best pull-up threat. What was Jimmy? uh, (laughs) Last night. You know, Jimmy did have it. He had it going, which... That's playoff Jimmy. (laughs) That's what they're going to (laughs) need. But, uh, yeah, Philly's just such a mess offensively. And like it just feels like their collective spirit is also low, which might be more important than the on court stuff. Honestly, they legit quit last night. It's perfect. Yeah, like they just they just didn't have it. Beautiful. I know was Josh like, wasn't playing, but they quit at some point in that third quarter. It it just they said we're we're done. Absolutely. Like I was. I mean, obviously watching the game. Um, and like midway through the third quarter, one of the announcers is like, "The Miami Heat have one turnover," and I'm just like, "Wait a minute." Right? I feel, I feel Listen, like... And Tybo plays for the other team, and that guy's a fucking menace. Yeah, I'm just like, you would think the Heat would have like eight turnovers against Philly by accident at a certain <laughs> point, but like it... Some bounce pass goes astray. Yeah, Listen, it, it was there, just a There really is ramifications to trusting process over culture. They somehow got the two superstars that just can't coexist. It's it's almost Shakespearean in their demise that they just can't like Ben and Joel. It, it the the fit problems are clear. The fact that they gave Tobias all that money over Jimmy is you know kind of looks funny now. I know that Tobias is younger and everything, but I think it's pretty clear going in. I mean, Jimmy's right. Jimmy's up almost a lock for all NBA. Yeah, I mean, like I, I think so. I, top fifteen guy some, in the league. You know what I mean? Shooting, but uh, if the Heat finish 
in in the top three, I think that he'll he'll get a spot in one of those three teams. I mean, he's been incredible this year on 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 both ends, and I think um, a lot of people have pointed it out. Uh, I think Alf uh, also said it last night. It's like, hey, the rest matters. The fact that they haven't played in a while and they've had some some nights off, like Jimmy looked, Jimmy looked zippy, as I uh, as I used to describe Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. Uh, Jimmy looked zippy, man. You know that's Springy. playoff Jimmy. They're not going to be playing back to backs in the playoffs, baby. I I I like Nikaias have a lot of concerns about their scoring. Like I I'm still in shock that their offense is six in the league and that their defense is so bad. <laughs> like uh that doesn't make sense to me. Like I thought we talked so much going into the season that yeah, like I think this this is the worst Eric Spolster defense ever. And Eric had some bad teams, man. They were playing At the very least it certainly looks like it sometimes. They were playing heavy Daquan Cook and Beasley minutes. At some point in this supposed tenure, and this defense is worse than that. Thank goodness teams weren't shooting threes like that. So you imagine Daquan trying to survive on a court today? <laughs> oh, but yeah, it's, it's funny though. Like I still feel like possession over possession. That like when you have Jimmy and Bam and DJJ for now, um, like when you have those guys that can that can at least defend their guy one-on-one or, you know, a space one on you know, like you have capable guys so they can make up in short bursts and they've gotten by with it so far, you know, the shooting and, and things like that have obviously came through, I think better than we could have expected. But so in the playoffs, I just feel like if you're going to put your best five on the court, that some of that stuff will be mitigated. The defensive issues that you see when you've got to go to some of the bench guys. But like even the lineups that we thought would be good defensively just aren't working out. And part of that is because they don't have enough guys that are good point of attack defenders. And we've kind of hammered this point on this show. And that's why this trade deadline is going to be really interesting. Like Kendrick, Tyler, Duncan, like they're not those guys. And if Justice is not going to be healthy, Goran's not that guy. Like, you know, that's a lot to ask of Jimmy to be your point of attack defender. And then who's going to guard bigger wings? And it's like they have a legit issue with personnel right now. And their offense is thankfully keeping them, you know, above water, uh, which is insane to think. But the offensive rating of this team is higher than any big three heat team. It's the highest offensive rating the team's ever had. I forgot who posted that stat last night, but that's insane. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, they had LeBron, Dwayne, Bosch, Ray Allen, and Battier, and a bunch of, you know, Birdman, really good, smart guys. And this off this offense... I mean, part of that is just the unreal shooting that they've gotten, but I don't really know what they can do with what they have on the roster right now to fix their defensive issues. Like, Nikai, do you have answers? Um, I think, I mean, they have to kind of, they have to try to decide how much they want the offense to slip, honestly, because I think the way the defense gets better, even if they don't make a trade, is if you swap out some of the Gorn minutes or some of the Hero minutes or some of the Robinson minutes. And you play more JJ or you get justice back, obviously that will kind of balance up the rotation. That so. fixes a lot, yeah. But but, yeah, but if you're, you're still not counting on justice, I your guard minutes, like all their guard minutes are bad are bad defenders. Yeah. Like what what guy, what what guard do they have that you trust on defense? Like I don't really count Jimmy as a guard, but he could defend some. But other than that, like if well, they've been putting DJJ on a lot of guards. So I think that right now that's kind of in the mix. Yeah, but his lineup data is all like they're bleeding. He's like, what is he at? Minus five when he's on and like plus seven when he's off. You know what I mean? It's it's getting dicey, which is like you look at the trade deadline and that's why the Andre Gudala news of the day was kind of interesting. 
Oh yeah, news from December 10th. Yeah. News from December 10th. <laughs> Wait, did I get got? No, no, that uh, that's the oh first my god, you're scary. It, but now <laughs> oh, that's Shams right. Now you tweeted, tweeted that. Shams tweeted, and now it's news. No, so, I'm just being resentful. Um, he's kind of interesting, and I was kind of out on the idea of him because I, I think I tweeted today he's just old justice. Um, but the more I've thought about it today, the more I realize like they might need that extra wing defender, that point of attack defense, even though he's a sight unseen this year. Like I don't know, I don't know, Nikias. Like what do you what are you thinking? Like, I mean, it's obviously a bit of a cop-out, but it's just going to depend on what they give up. Like, you, I mean, I've been pretty consistent this year that I'm just, I'm kind of low on Gorn in a playoff series just because of how bad the defense is. So, like, I, I don't know. You can't really afford to do, like, Gorn for Andre Iguodala straight up. I don't know if either team does that. But, like, yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to give He's up at Goron 17, in the right by the way. Just because I feel like, I, I just don't know how playable he's going to be. In high labor situations, it, it's they have to count. I mean, they they count on him now in those situations. I mean, he's playing at the end of games. Yeah, no, I mean, functionally, I I agree with you guys. I think that there's issues, and inevitably, you're going to hit them square in the face come playoff time, particularly with Gorn and and even Duncan Robinson to some degree. But everything I've heard is that Gorn is not being moved. That they they really like what he's brought. Um, veteran presence wise, Jimmy likes him wise. There's all that kind of stuff. Um, you think in a win now move, if they could get Iggy and Jay Crowder, would would they potentially toy with the idea of including Justice because he's not playing anyway, and they would be getting two functional wings that can defend on different levels at different in different ways. So Jay is at seven point eight, almost almost eight, and uh, and Iggy's at seventeen. So Goran is nineteen, Justice is thirteen. So. Gorn is not getting dealt. I mean, then you have to like, why would I'm sure that the clip, the Clippers have a pick to offer. They have their own pick this year to offer. And I think that that's one of the big things. The Lakers don't really have much to give other than Kuzma and stuff. And I don't know how much that'll really get you for, for Iggy. Um, But I think the better teams are going to have more firepower, particularly because the heat are hard capped and they can't really take back bad money. Mm Mm-hmm. They're kind of hamstrung unless they get a 13. But I think Miami has their 2023 pick they could trade and this year's pick. Or does, um, no, um, uh, Oklahoma City has their pick this year. So yeah, they, they have that 2023 pick to move. And that's about any, that's about what they can give in terms of draft compensation. They do have a second round pick too that they acquired. Um, oh, finally. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, they haven't a, had a second in forever since yeah, Josh. 20, 2022 second. So they, they <laughs> remember second round picks, guys? Because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> hey man they've gotten deals done riley's been getting killed for not having second round picks for the last five years so i, I got was, one low was saying that two second round picks will get you tristan thompson and i was like damn that's it <laughs> damn that's what Suck. i mean too like these other contenders the lakers the clippers whoever might get in the iggy conversation and now obviously the the thing we're not considering with this is that iguodala might say I don't want to play in Miami. I want to be on the West Coast. And that kind of makes this decision play for us. Everyone but wants to play in Miami. Come on, you know that. Do you think justice is more valuable than a late, uh, you know, a late first round pick that you would get from the Clippers? So like, and I, I'm curious as to what you guys think of this. We kind of know this team's flaws, right? Like they have this incredibly fatal flaw of their their point of attack defense. And, and 
I think that we're a little bit on pins and needles on their production from their rookies, especially come playoff time. And I don't think that those are small things to worry about. And I'm trying to think of how many contending teams have overcome so many ticking time bombs that it's all obvious to us. And we're just kind of hoping that things break their way. And I think a part of the optimism from the fan base is that they've only played Milwaukee once. Uh, and they've done really well against all the other teams sans Boston, but that's been on second nights of back-to-back. So the schedule's been kind of weird, and it's been really difficult to gauge how they do against the Bucks and the Celtics, which matter, right? Like, that really matters in how much you're going to put forward in a deal this year. And Jimmy's 30, and Justice is one of your only, like... One of your one of your biggest chips that you can move because he's a mid salary player who's young and he's good and the league knows that he's a good player despite what stupid people on on Twitter say like smart basketball people say Justice Winslow is a good basketball player and and there's some value in that um so I'm not really sure how how all in I would want to go considering I'm not I see the flaws that this team has and I'm not really sure that that's overcomable with a small mid sized deal. Yeah, I think what also complicates it is that next year, um, Kevin Durant comes back. And I feel like that hasn't really been talked about enough. Like Brooklyn has their own issues to deal with with Kyrie and everything. We like forget that, about but- that a lot. And we don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. I mean, coming back off a torn Achilles the first season doesn't always look great. Yeah. Um, Like, it, it, I mean... I mean, again, but, these are smaller guys like Wes Matthews and stuff, but like guys that don't look the same. I mean, Kobe was already old. I'm trying to think of other really recent examples. But Nakias, um, do you mention that because you think that this is like the window that the Heat has to make a run, considering that Durant will now be piled into the conference on top of, you know, Giannis and all the other stuff? Is that w- what you mean? Yeah, I think that kind of heightens the uh, sense of urgency. Yeah. But then that kind of go back to your point. I don't really know if if justice can get you the piece that really puts you above like a Milwaukee or a Boston, it's funny that you mentioned Milwaukee and Boston, because that's where Miami's two biggest flaws to me really come up. You mentioned the point of point of attack defense. A guy like Kimball Walker can kill you. You drop, you drop screen that he's pulling up from anywhere. Exactly. And then even with Milwaukee, they're by far the best defense and especially the best paint defense in the NBA. So you're going to need guys that can knock down shots off the dribble. And if Jimmy isn't doing that, that's putting a lot of pressure on Kendrick Nunn, a lot of pressure on Tyler Hero to do that. And even when you mentioned the Drew Holiday rumors, as great as Drew Holiday is, you want him to be passable as a catch-and-shoot guy. He's never been a good pull-up shooter. He's 35% on catch-and-shoots, which is not even league average. So that's why I kind of feel like at a certain point, you just kind of let the young guys grow and take their lumps rather than kind of going all in this year. Yeah. I mean, th- this is the the other part of this that I think that we um, maybe collectively as a fan base don't consider enough is that the Heat kind of feel like they're playing with house money to some degree. Like this thing is ahead of schedule. These guys that were um, undrafted, you know, the Kendrick Nunn, the Duncan Robinson stories, like they've got all these pieces now to surround players with that are at cost controlled, way below market value uh, deals. So they, they kind of, they're, they're not in the situation where they're strapped and they, they have no options. So at some point, 
they're going to maybe look at this thing and I would imagine that they'd be more careful than they would be to just swing for the fences because of, you know, Bam's trajectory and he's still young. So ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it. I'm beating this drum. It's not the fun drum that everybody wants. I don't really think there's going to be much that happens on Thursday. I don't see what they can do. Like I saw Gallinari being thrown around and he's a guy that I love. Like, I don't think I've made it a secret on the show how much I love Gallo. I'm a big Gallo guy. I love what he brings. I think that if they can't get a wing, def- if they can't get a point of attack defender, the next best thing they can do is get a guy who can play four next to Bam. I don't like Bam playing power forward. I think it's re- absurd. Myers plays hard and he's a cool guy, but they have to like, they got to play Bam at center and they got to have a guy at the four who can play small and shoot in space and help run the floor. Like, I, I think that that's the move. And Justice was that guy. And that's why a lot of the Justice lineups are crazy good. Uh, but that's just not something they can rely on right now. And JJ has kind of filled that void a little bit. And I know his numbers are really good offensively when he's on the floor. But, you know, I think if you really want an upgrade at that, I think Gallo's the guy. But I, I just don't know how they can get it. Oklahoma City wants to get under the tax. Miami's right at the apron. There's not really much maneuverability for them to do anything to help the Thunder. We're going to take a quick break to tell you about our brand new sponsor, Bet Online. Miss your chance to bet on the Chiefs and Niners? Well, fear not, listener. Blue Wire is excited to be partnering with Bet Online to help you win big no matter the time of year. With March Madness, the Masters, and the Major League Opening Day right around the corner, Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Plus, it's never too early to lay down your future bet for Super Bowl 2021. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to retrieve 50% off a welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up. It's super easy. And if you're making wagers, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE. All one word when you sign up on betonline.ag. Bring your best bets with BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. If there was going to be one impact deal, if you had to, you know, say, you know, what one trade, if you had to throw all your money on it was going to be the the most likely, I would say LaMarcus Aldridge to Miami. See, that's the that's, thing. That scares me. That, I know Nikaris and I aren't fans it just, of that. It won't go away. It, it hasn't gone away. I mean, even since I asked LaMarcus at last All-Star game about Riley meeting with him, like there's always been this connection between those two. I think that San Antonio would want to do right by LaMarcus Aldridge and send him where he'd want to go if they are going to start to kind of break that thing down. Um, now, I, I don't know how viable it all is, but if I had to put my finger on one trade, it would be a, an LMA trade. I will say I'm, I'm, with, I'm really not a fan. I'm more intrigued because he's shooting threes now and he's randomly become like a top five shooter in the NBA because he's actually taking them. So, like, I mean, if Marcus Aldridge is going to be like a 38% plus guy from three on pretty good volume, then I feel a lot better about his offensive fit because the post game has kind of always been there. And I do think once you get into a playoff series, having another guy that can kind of create his own shot and uh, save some possessions for you will be valuable for the Heat. So I guess I see why the Heat would be interested. It's just the other end of the floor. And uh We've talked about how I don't think bad. the Heat need any more. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> what they don't need is in a high leverage situation when Tyler and Lamarcus get put in the pick and roll. Like that's not what we want. Or Duncan and Tyler and Duncan and Lamarcus. It's not. That's a big no. 
we're gonna um, have to discuss Duncan uh, and where he stands. His playability like, and leverage play, situations. Because yeah, because <laughs> I, I I'm looking at it, man. I see it. It's concerning. Yeah, it has a bit of fun time for him over the last month or so. They're kind of figuring it out. I mean, he's such a good shooter. I mean, he's so elite that I think he's going to have to play in those situations unless Tyler is just like Nova. I think mm-hmm. he's going to get that nod. Um, I mean, that guy gets off a dribble handoff. He basically gets whatever he wants. It, you like just have to time. hope that he never starts missing. Like if he just if he's shooting the way he shoots now, uh, they they'll deal with the defensive stuff because he'll be such a threat on offense that's unlocking stuff that they'll just have no choice but to play him. So that's what you just have to hope for is that he keeps up this unrealistic, completely unprecedented shooting streak. <laughs> you know what they can do against teams like Milwaukee that I'm I'm actually really curious to see for them to start the dribble handoff maybe a foot back that maybe push that back even deeper and then give some more like acute cutting angles for bam to work with right so if you run a duncan and bam dribble handoff like pretty high up you know you kind of have you kind of artificially create a little more space for jimmy to kind of maneuver and and you know you have milwaukee plays with a lot of bigs in the paint and stuff like that so i, I kind of like that like i they haven't done it but I, i'd like to see it yeah i think that's it kind of reminds me sound a idea of honestly especially what? with how far like milwaukee drops their bigs anyway I think my only concern yeah, exactly. there is like you're gonna, you know, like the Heat are, I think, they're the four seed right now. Like, if you're looking at a second-round series with Miami and Milwaukee, I guess what would concern me with that specifically is what happens when yeah. Milwaukee switches that. Because I don't know if you really, if you trust Duncan to beat guys off the dribble like that. And but then Bam what, does has Bam have George Hill on him at the top of the key? Because I like that. <laughs> if, they're getting, if they're getting George Hill switched on to him or something like that, then I, I, I kind of think that's a win for Miami. In theory, anyway, it's just I've, I've just seen a lot of Bam tossing up awkward hooks and getting stripped on the post a little bit too much for my liking. That that would just concern me a little bit. But in general, like I, I like the idea. That's what Miami should do schematically. It kind of reminds me a little bit when the the big three he played the Pacers and what they did was they kind of started the pick and roll like maybe like a foot or two back from the three point line and kind of gave LeBron a little bit ahead of steam and mm-hmm. it didn't give Hibbert a chance to really recover and that's really changed the series. Um. Kind of like something like that, kind of kind of create more space by widening the court. Uh, and I think Duncan can hit it from out there. I, I trust him to do it. Oh, absolutely. If they continue cool. to drop, like Duncan can absolutely kill them from deep. We'll see it in the three-point shootout when he shoots from however many feet out behind the three-point line. They're adding some new wrinkle to the contest. I know, the Steph Curry range. That, that, let, it's not fair that like Steph can't play for that. Because right. like, that's, that's, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's going to be fun though. I think Duncan and DJJ should be considered favorites in both of those competitions. And I know I don't DJJ know, man. Aaron's bringing some pretty creative, good. creative stuff that's not going to rely necessarily on a bunch of props. He's really going to show um, the leaping ability. I'm excited to see Derek Jones Jr. Is he going to get Dwayne involved? I want to get Dwayne involved. No, nah, not Dwayne, but um, you know, as I mentioned on a previous podcast, uh, you may see Tyler Hero. Um, I don't know. They they could have cooked up some other things, but uh, I've heard that it's definitely going to be worth watching. Derek was here when Dwayne was here. Listen, listen. Dwayne's going to be there. Chicago homecoming for Dwayne. You know, I never know. And I played with the crowd a bit. Do they like him over there? I don't even know that. I got to talk to a like. Is Dwayne beloved in Chicago? Do they like him or do they just like whatever? I'm asking the wrong people, but I was just thinking out loud. 
I found, yeah. I found people. I, the guys you may know, you, you know, you know a lot of people everywhere. Uh, I mean, you're like, Mr. Popular on Twitter. Uh, well, I wouldn't say all that, but uh, I, I don't know the, f- the few uh, Bulls friends that I do have, they aren't very fond of Dwayne Wade for the one year in Chicago. But they like Zach Levine, which I don't get. <sighs> well, I mean, he's. Uh, I mean, he can score the basketball. That's, uh, that's all he does, but he <laughs> he can score the basketball. He's he he can indeed do that. Um, it's kind of you know uh, I saw people complaining on Twitter that Duncan didn't make the Rising Stars challenge over Tyler, which I think he probably deserves it, right? Um, but I also think it's a lame thing to complain about as a fan base. <laughs> Like the rising Zach Lowe had a great rant about it on the pod today, but I'm like, what are we doing? Like, yeah, why see, are we I'm the wrong it? person to talk to because I'm still kind of like, I don't know, I don't care enough to be upset. But, um, as I have Milwaukee versus New Orleans on my muted television, um, Zion is playing in his seventh career game, so it's just kind of, I don't know, him having a spot. I want to watch him. You want to watch him? I do. I absolutely want to watch then, him. Then what's the problem? I mean, the problem is that he just hasn't played. Like, I know it doesn't really matter. That's why I'm not genuinely upset. But when he you talk clearly, about like a guy like Duncan getting snubbed when he's been like at worst the third best shooter in basketball all season long and Zion's played like a week worth of basketball. But what a glorious week. <laughs> Very true. Listen, they're only down 10 against the Bucs. Like, like, that's a win in the fourth quarter. Well, and anyway, oh, no. oh Milwaukee has... just blitzed them in the third quarter. Like, New Orleans no, I saw, like, I saw. They yeah. were close, and now it's it's at the the, the thirteen. But uh, they're the league was going to find a way to get Zion involved in this All Star Weekend, y'all. So that's just how that was going to happen. Who and did the... he replace? Who is the injured person that he replaced? Um, Wendell Carter. Wendell. Oh, Wendell. Yo, yeah. you see, guess he Jaw going at everyone on Twitter. I love Jaw. Yeah, he. Oh, he's incredible. He, um, you know, went after you. Iggy for not playing, which, I, you know, when you see the way Memphis plays and kind of what that team is about, um, for one, it has a little bit of justice personality to that roster. But also, I'm surprised Iggy wouldn't go there and be a good veteran presence. Um, you know, like, it, it's surprising to me that he would just completely check out from that situation. Do you want to live in Memphis? Job. Nah, I get that. The Bay Area. I mean, you're making 17 million dollars, man. Like, it's not like you necessarily are going to a place that's that's trying to tank. Like, they're not purposefully losing. At least I don't think they are. (laughs) No, they're. I mean, they're 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 playing hard. I'm gonna. I want to pull up a tweet that I read today that I thought really described the situation well because it's it's a little tricky. Um, I'm not really like I'm not really sure how I would feel about it. I can find the tweet, which of course, you know, I opened the wrong bookmark. Um, would you be mad at him if if you if that was being done to the Heat? I mean, the current Heat. Yeah, yeah. Like if if it was Iggy doing that, and um, so somebody somebody asked like, what, like why why would he's making seventeen million to set out the year? Like, why would he? Like, what's the problem? Somebody goes, they took the cost of his contract at the cost of buying a first rounder. Usually that means an immediate release, but they decided to hold him hostage and double dip on value to resell him for which they had already paid. Uh, Lakers GMC at Lakers GMC tweeted that. And I thought that was a pretty interesting way. It was like, I think the organization has every right to kind of be greedy in that sense. But I also get why Iggy's like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, if the, if they if he was operating completely under the assumption that he was getting released and that that kind of was how that was going down. And then all of a sudden it was like the okie doke that, that didn't happen. And 
he's kind of in limbo. I mean, I guess I can understand the ill will from that perspective. Also, I think that them being good really caught him by surprise too. It caught us all by surprise. This and is true. <laughs> like if they were like as bad as we thought they would be, this would look so much better. But all, I mean, like what? I mean, if you're Iggy, what you've committed to sitting out, you like they can't like have a good record and you come back like, hey, what's up, guys? You this gotta you gotta commit to sitting out. You know, another thing that I think, um, I, you know, because now I'm like cataloging in my head about trades, because that's obviously where I, where my mind is in a week like this. Besides the Lamarcus thing, the other thing that the Heat are really going to try to do is uh, is find a home for Dion, don't you think? I mean, why can't it be here? I don't know. Dion, yeah, really, Dion, baby, we, he didn't are play we really yesterday. Going to do this all year and then he, all he next pl- year? He didn't play, man. Man, Zion's ridiculous. He just took on three bucks and finished over Robin Lopez. That guy's amazing. He's no Duncan Robinson. He's guess <laughs> the name of the show. He's like the opposite of Duncan Robinson. Correct. Like in every fucking way. <laughs> oh my god, poor Duncan. I love Duncan, man. Let me tell you something. I I am I am more excited when he shoots the ball than Tyler. And I know the fan base is in love with Tyler, but I love when Duncan kind of comes off that little curl and puts the shot up. I'm into it. He's he so cre- good. He creates so much space off the little hop he does coming off the dribble handoff. And like you, you can't really contest his shot. His Bam's a really good dribble handoff guy. Like his big body, his big shoulders, he's good at it. Like it's great. Can you believe what he's turned into? Like not just Bam is a whole separate conversation, but just Duncan Robinson, what he's kind of blossomed into. Kendrick Nunn came out of nowhere, so there hasn't been, I don't necessarily think, as much development work there. Um, but this Duncan Robinson situation is unbelievable what they've kind of cashed in on there. Because truthfully, to have a guy that can space the floor like that and shoot the way that he's shooting, um, like every team salivates at having a guy like that. And they have him now locked up. Uh they it's, run plays for him. Like, they count on him to do stuff. Which yeah, is and I know that there's risk in that. Like, I understand why I can already tell that Nikias' stomach is turning a little bit when he thinks about relying on Duncan Robinson for offense. But It's worked. Um, that's the only thing about this team that's worked. Duncan Robinson and the dribble handoff. It's literally the most reliable thing they do. You're not wrong. It's the most it's the most safe I feel. I don't feel as I mean that and Jimmy Butler free throws. That's like what I feel safe about. <laughs> That's it. Nothing else. When Tyler pulls up, I don't know. When Kendrick pulls up, I'm always like, I don't know. You know, when guys go to the rim, when Goron's going, I don't know. I this, feel safe when Bam runs point guard. That's for sure. I love when Bam runs point. You know what? I'm kind of into the Goron step back. I'm I'm into it. I'm starting to feel really good about it. I just, the fact that Goran has just like completely reinvented himself on offense is so frustrating. Like he's hitting pull up threes. He's hitting I love him. Threes. He can throw pocket passes. He's the best lob thrower on the team. With just- oh, oh, look at that. He used to be so bad at it. Hassan, he couldn't even throw it to Hassan. Look at him he now. I'm just, Shout I'm just out to like, player development. <laughs> In your 30s. <laughs> where you at? Dwayne passed along the lob. Um, the lob father. To now, Dwayne's out. always the lob father. That's my. That's like low key one of my favorite Dwayne nicknames. The lob father. It doesn't get used enough. 
It doesn't. It's like, you know, like we give him a lot of like three is a bad nickname. I'm sorry. Can Lamarcus Aldridge catch lobs? No, he can't get off the floor. Oh, that's a tough scene. Can't cash in lobs from 18 feet. <laughs> Lamarcus is like, roll, man. Pff, fuck out of here. But like if if Myers is working next to Bam, why won't Lamarcus Aldridge work next to Bam? I think Myers is more mobile and their defense actually isn't bad with Myers and Bam. I just think the problem with Myers is that you can't play him when teams go really small. And I think you'll have, I think you'll in the playoffs, like you can scheme Myers out of the game like pretty easily as Philly. But like with the Sixers situation, don't you feel better with going against Embiid a little bit, at least if you've got Bam and LaMarcus Aldridge versus the bigs that they currently are working with. I just want him to go small against the Sixers. I just think it works better. Yeah. No, that's a good point. But like, then and it like was the, those matchups get weird against Boston. So it really is so matchup dependent. You guys are I don't know that. what they look like against Boston. They've played two second nights of back to backs. Those games are fucking weird. I want them to play Boston rested. I don't care if it's on the road. I, I don't know what that matchup looks like. Like everybody, the the first time they played, everyone was exhausted and Jimmy was like shooting a million shots. What did he have? Like 40 that night? And like nobody else could buy a basket. And like bosses, you know what I mean? It's it's weird. I don't know. You know, the interesting thing with the Bucks is that, and it's why the Heat, I think, have had a lot of success against Toronto also this year. Like these defenses, and we've talked a lot about this on the show, are really trending to like kind of leaking threes a bit, especially like above the break threes. Mm-hmm. And Goron specifically is getting really aggressive in doing that. Tyler's aggressive too, and they run a lot of that stuff for Duncan. And I, I do think that matchup wise that's they're going to get a lot of mileage off that offensively like i'm not as concerned about the offense against those teams as nikaias is i just think that's fundamentally the way they play and the way they shot generate the one thing i am concerned about is jimmy's historic free throw rate like he's getting to the line most i think his free throw rate's number one in the league by like a a substantive amount which is insane because this league has james freaking harden uh and i think that number in the playoffs is going to go down and I know that he's going to have the rest factor where he's going to look springy and more spry. And that pull-up's going to drop a little more. But I do think a lot of the offense is in situations where they can't get those little jump shot sets is mm-hmm. kind of created off Jimmy action to the rim. Yeah, the Boston matchup specifically kind of worries me. They have a lot of wing defenders. Yeah, Boston has, at least especially defensively, Boston has the personnel to switch more than like a Milwaukee. And I yeah, I don't, like I don't really can, like Miami against switchy teams with like lengthy with lengthy guys. Yeah. I used to not be scared of Boston, and like suddenly I, I'm a little. Yeah, like that, that half court offense can get a little gummed up against Boston. What's there, Lamarcus actually really helps. Yeah, like, I said, he's going to be a guy. Lamarcus is fine, especially now that he's taking threes on purpose. Can't play Canner. This is true. This is also true. Whenever uh, our friend Kevin, every time Canner gets hurt, like he's just like, oh, so watch, watch the Celtics defense take off. Which actually, the Celtics defense is better with Canner on the floor, which I think is like the funniest set of the year, and it makes no <laughs> sense. I looked it up like a week ago, and I, I couldn't believe it. Like, what a world! Um, if, if the Heat trade for Lamarcus, you think that I could push the narrative that Riley um, was building on this all the way back to when he uh, you met better him in the free agency you better when he got the beating <laughs> where he only had the mid level exception. We will build this legend out. We will listen. We will create this propaganda machine. That's three hundred retweets waiting to happen right there. You That's gotta, what, dude. That way to think of it like a business. So we got to go. 
Got to get that engagement. Got to get that. I see Blue Wire. We're working. Shout out to Blue Wire. It's our network. They're great. Um, yeah, man. I'm. If they do get, um, if they do get Lamarcus, I, I don't really want Goron in the deal. I like him, <laughs> and I'd rather have Goron than Lamarcus. So you're probably looking at something Winslow, Kelly, and Derek centered, right? That that gets you that gets you there to the salary and and or Myers and Myers. G- yeah, yeah, it could be Justice Myers and DJJ. Something. I'd rather like that. keep Kelly than Myers. I don't know how you guys feel, but and if you're telling me you have to trade one of Myers or Kelly, like I think Kelly needs to be the one to go in that because yeah. of the cap situation next year, or just because you think Myers is more productive for them. Um, I trust Myers. Uh, it's obviously I trust Myers more in a playoff setting, but like. I trust Kelly more. I gotta be honest. I, I don't. I trust Myers to get schemed off the floor by good coaches. I feel like there's maybe one playoff team that Kelly could play against, and that's which like would be the Celtics. Indy. Well, of course, it's his former team. Is that the team you had in mind? I, I think I, I think he could play against the Raptors too. And Indy, he could, he could play I, against Indy a little bit, right? We keep forgetting yeah. about Indy. That seems gonna be a pain in someone's ass. Yeah, yes. that's what I said. I think Indy's the one team you can really feel comfortable playing Kelly against. This is Miles Turner is really the only spacing big that they've played. Way to bring us into our next trade conversation. How do we feel about getting in the uh, Miles Turner sweepstakes? They should do it. He is the perfect fit, like literally the perfect fit next to Bam. Um, That's but a it big would definitely court. signal a um, that. You know, like that would kind of sabotage the 2021 stuff to some degree. Like you would have to definitely make some maneuvering, um, to, to get to the, to the max slot. But if you're, if you're sending justice away in that deal, um, maybe even, I mean, I, I don't know how else the deal would work itself out. There's, there's ways of making it happen. That, that's one of the most intriguing names, but I, I also don't see Indiana and Miami making that kind of trade when they're, I mean, that could be the four or five matchup. Yeah. Oh God! Would you be disappointed if they're the merely the four seed? Kinda. It's funny, right? Because I, I know would it's be irrational. Too. Like I, you know, but I, I've always thought fifty wins in a three seed was kind of what I was hoping for. It looks like fifty wins won't get you the three seed this year, so that's something I didn't anticipate. Um, but anything lower than the three seed, and as a fan, I'll definitely be a little disappointed. Would you rather play Philly or Indiana? Oh, Indiana, I, without question. I want Philly. I think Philly's better. I just want, I want it. I, I Did you see he Twitter last night? They horse cocked the guy again. We're back, baby. Like that, Yo, that felt li- good. His little paper sign, like so many people had really clever, funny stuff to, uh, so to for edit those, out on that. Those who don't great. know, somebody came to the Heat game, a Sixer fan, and he had like a little piece of paper and a sign. And it was like, Jimmy Butler can't be the best player in a championship team. So he Twitter had a lot of fun with him in that sign. <laughs> A lot of fun. Um, I I love it, man. Like, it's so fun when there's a team and a fan base that this like he Twitter genuinely wants to get under their skin, and I I want it for that. Like, I want that smoke. I want the physicality. I want the chippiness. Like, and See, if but- Justice plays, bro, he takes it personal. 
indie gets you gets gives you all that too though i mean i know that there isn't the same it's not the same fan base where like we don't pile on because there's there's not really pacers twitter necessarily um or i mean there is i shouldn't say that but it's just not as big a a faction of of who's loud on on twitter um so i don't know i think that's kind of an inside ball kind of thing with uh just social media but like the thing with with indiana is that like I guess the fan base, the fan bases don't like each other, you know, uh, and that that's that's fun about it. And I guess there's the the TJ Warren element to this as well. I mean, it'll be fun. Don't get me wrong; like that'll be a really fun. Either one of those matchups are gonna be. I mean, every matchup here is gonna have some bad blood, right? The Philly matchup, the Boston matchup. Uh, even if the players don't feel the Boston thing, I think as fans, we're really gonna get into that. And the Indy matchup, um. I don't think I don't think that's even you know it's funny even though Toronto beat them in the playoffs most recently other than Philadelphia I don't really think the fan base cares. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, what do y'all think about Wiggins going to uh, Golden State? That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever like. Why on earth would they do that to get under the tax? Like th- they're gonna cast the D'Lo chip for Wiggins? Get out of here, man! I mean, if it's Wiggins and also like a top seven pick. And also another first. Like, <laughs> and also, bad. was it the pick too? Because I just saw Wiggins and Covington, and I was like, "Get out of here!" I mean, it's like Wiggins and draft conversation. I mean, if the fourteen deal is going to go through, it's going to be like Wiggins and picks, and I would imagine those going to be first. Why are they so obsessed with him? Like, do they think that he's just going to make Cat want to magically stay? Uh, I mean that. Seems to be like his literal best friend in the NBA. So, I, mean, I think at this point, considering Cat hasn't won a game that's since that's like kind November. of funny. November, he hasn't played in a winning basketball game since fucking Thanks- since before Thanksgiving. Yikes! Yeah, so what I mean, about like, them Sacramento guys? Do we like Christmas happened? New Year's happened. We're almost at fucking Valentine's Day. We've had <laughs> so many holidays since okay, this so- guy won a basketball game. So what happens first? Uh, do the Timberwolves win a game or do we find out who won the Iowa caucus? Oh, my God. Nikias is asking the questions. I think, does many play tonight? I don't know, man. Do we know what happened with the Iowa? I, I still the don't. The Wolves are going to win a game first because we ain't ever going to really know the real story. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Are they active Cricket. tonight? They're not active tonight. I don't know, man. It's crazy. I um. Do you guys want to guess what Robert Covington's career three point percentage is? Because uh, I feel like we talk a lot about him, and I don't think people really know. Twenty seven percent, thirty four somewhere. Thirty five, almost thirty six percent. So about league average, and people make him out to be JJ Redick. He can like defend he now. A lot of contested three, or at least we know he can defend Goran. Let me. I love that. him. I like honestly like. <laughs> but listen, the one I'm most scared of in the world is Alfred Payton like, on on Goran for some reason. It's just something happened. Yeah, let me tell you, they beat Orlando twice. That's reassuring. Let me tell you, that feels good. Agreed. Honestly, like I feel better. I was I was a little scared of Orlando. I was a little scared of it. I'm still a little scared of him, Fournier, but I feel better. So, like, basically, you'd rather play Philly than do the two seven thing with Orlando. Honestly, like that two seven <laughs> matchup. Like, if they play Orlando, I that's not going to be fun to watch. Like, you know, it's not going to be fun to watch and it's going to be incredibly annoying. You know that I'm right. Yeah, but I think that I take the easy first round win. Like if you put a gun to my head and 
I'll probably pick Orlando, but that's a, a Toronto rematch with Orlando, you know? Let, let, let the Raptors handle that. That two seed's important, though. Uh, if then, and getting that three seed's going to matter uh, just to get out of the Bucks bracket. Like, I, I think... I think Miami should feel confident about their chances against Toronto. I think Toronto's better, but I can see why the Heat want that. They Let's want that. not go on a Raptors. No, we're not. I'm just saying that, like tantrum, like, please. In um, I'm behaving. I'm, I'm behaving. I've mentioned that they've won 11 straight into the hottest team in the NBA right now, going to the All Star break, and Coach Nick Nurse is going to coach the All Star game. I haven't mentioned any of that. Oh, I'm surprised <laughs> you don't just call him Nick, Coach Nick. I do. I do. But Leif was making fun of me because pre-show I was calling every Raptor by their first name, including Terrence Davis. I mean, it's like he's talking about the big three heat. Like, you know, Udonis <laughs> passed it out to Shane and then Mario came up or whatever, you know. I don't like, see, I don't call Chalmers. No, I, really I don't, I don't call him. Mar- yeah, I call him, I call him, I call him Chalmers. I don't, uh, I, I go back and forth with Shane and Battier. Sometimes I go Shane, sometimes I go Battier. Uh, Bosch, I say, that, you know what's funny? That's a team that I didn't go, f- I go more first name with this team. Yeah. Well, you always call Dwayne by his first name. Dwayne, dude, forever and always. Dwayne's by Dwayne, Udonis, those are first name lifers. Alonzo, first name lifer. Uh, you know, Lave, uh, can we can we make like a small detour to somewhere that I would like that I think you would like to talk about? Let's do it. Um, so I was listening this is a shameful admission, but I, I enjoy listening to Bill Simmons podcast. It's like my dirty pleasure. I like it. I find How it dare you? It's like really bad. Like I think that's like a cardinal like sin of like I don't know, um highfalutin NBA Twitter. I mean right? he's good at what he does though. He's entertaining I mean, and he's a fan, dude. And I sometimes I like that. So I was listening to a show that he did about the Knicks, the ninety nine Knicks, uh with Jason Concepcion, who's like one of my favorite guys like doing stuff right now. And they were talking about the Heat uh Knicks games of the nineties, and I didn't really watch those, I was too young. And the way they would describe these games, you would think it's Malice in the Palace, but like on the court every day. Well, it kind of was. Like, like I, I just like the the Nick guys are just like, you know what? As long as like Alonzo Mourning caught an elbow to the spine, I was happy. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. What's so going on? we 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 played them whatever it was three years in a row, four years in a row actually, and um, I think it was ninety eight, ninety nine. I went to, you know, I was going to all the games back then and I took a sign to the game and this would be not politically correct in today's climate, but it said, this means war. And I just, I held it up. It was a big ass sign. I, I was one of those kids. It was Courtney sports fan. Yeah. And yo, it, it actually got on one of those inside the heat editions when they were going back through all of Damn. the different generations uh, it was crazy to see it but anyway like it really was like that it was physical as hell pj brown was throwing guys into the third row but even more than that like it was just every single game there was a scuffle it was kind of the precursor to the ron artest era where the guys like kind of just got completely out of control and then the <laughs> league completely pulled back um you know and went in the other direction where now like the penalties are so stiff that Poor guys Steve just Dash. don't fight like that <laughs> Dude, that's like Leif, you lit up talking about this. Yeah, I, well, that's because that's my childhood, man. Like, oh my God. I was I was in the Miami Arena for every one of those games, and then when they went to the AAA, you know, like for the last couple of them, but they were like reading like box scores from like that era, and you'd be like seventy four. Oh yeah, eighty three, seventy nine, baby. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> They brought up the Allen Houston shot, and like I, I like I've seen it, and I never lived it, and I just thought I go, man, that 
Like you probably identified with Philly fans when that Kawhi shot went in. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, we just sat in our seats for 30 minutes after the game ended and just stared at the court. Like we It's probably worse because it. it's your fucking bitter rival. Yeah. And and there a couple of those teams were really built like you thought that they could get all the way to the to the title. Well, that ninety nine team was like the one seed in the lockout and they were the favorites to make oh, the finals. For sure. Yeah, no, that 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 was especially the year. And that's when you knew that the team was going to get broken up because, um, you know, you just you couldn't go on with the Mashburn, PJ Brown stuff. That team was oddly kind of built for 2019. Like that team had the personnel to kind of roll today. You know, like Alonzo and Timmy in the pick and roll, you know, Timmy could probably shoot, you know, he could shoot off the bounce. You had Dan Marley who could really shoot the ball, you know, if they let him shoot more than three times a game. Yeah, I mean, it was a different era just because you got guys jacking threes in ways that it just wasn't happening back then. I mean, That's a hard even way in the Capono years, like we thought Capono had such a historic run as a Heat player, but he was only taking like three or four, maybe five attempts a game. And I think that that's even, um, you know, more. And then you look at Duncan Robinson, three. like on a bad night, he's getting five up. 3.1, Leif. Exactly. 51% See? though. So it's a different league, you know? So like 96, 97, 97, 98, it just wasn't like that. Did you like that kind of, like, I, I've talked to you, like, you watch today's basketball and you watch that basketball. Like, do you like this one better or do you, do you long for the days of No, no, I, I like next? today's basketball much better. I'm not one of those purists that says 90s basketball was the best. I mean, like, obviously the one th- element of it that's different um, although LeBron is sometimes able to do this, is that like those slow games when you really had a, a dominant offensive player, they could control the game in ways that um, I don't know that you necessarily see that same kind of thing. But LeBron, like he did it a little bit when he slowed the game down against Golden State uh, when he was a member of the damn Cavs uh, and like kind of took it to a crawl. Like that's how you can start to see some of that basketball come back these days. So they were kind of laughing to guys at the end of that, that show would like, if the, if, if the 2018 warriors were transported to 99 to play those Knicks, what would be the line? And they were just like 21 and a half. Like, like, what, oh like what is, what does LJ do to Kevin Durant? It's like, we've never right? seen one of these before. Who does Camby guard? I forgot Camby was on those teams. He's oh, such yeah, a beast. Well, Allen Houston. I forgot Camby was actually like a really good basketball player. He was. He had a really good year that year. Oh my god, the guys. Do you like? Can you separate that? I can't. You saw what now? <laughs> Were you paying attention? Oh no, I'm paying attention. I just couldn't hear you. I was like, are you watching this Milwaukee New Orleans blowout? I feel bad for them. They kind of made it close. Oh no! Once they went up fourteen with like three minutes left, I turned it off. That's what you get for depending on Brandon Ingram. Look at that—the Drew Holiday step back three brick. We get a, we get a lot of those down here. Yo, he <laughs> went to the restroom in the first quarter, and like all of social media thought that he he was leaving the game because oh, I missed traded. that. It's like what is up with these people, man? They just want a transaction so bad. That would be pretty cool. Remember when uh, when Harrison Barnes got traded mid game? Oh yeah, that's right. That did happen. So the it's bench. not unprecedented. <laughs> That was great. Yo, I like this Drew Holiday. He's gunslingery. Just shoot, jacking it up. Gunslingery. Gunslingery. I, you know, I don't that, like. I was um, I was describing pre-show like what I liked about like certain basketball players, and I said I, I wish the Heat had more of a gunslingery aspect to them. I just want guys to come off picks like out of nowhere and just start jacking them up. Like Dion, I love Dion. The Dion experience is fun for that reason. That's why you like Beasley too, right? I love Beasley. Man. I mean, I love Beasley because he's endearing. 
And he's like, like, I like you're, you know, my favorite Heat team was the 2009, 2010 Heat team. It was weird. I just oddly loved that team. It was like, it might be because that was the first time I realized that I was in love with the sport of basketball. Uh, and that team was just the one at the time. But I love that team. Man. I love, I love Beasley. I love J.O. I even love Daquan Cook. Those, those spot Daquan Cook minutes. That's a weird team to love. It's a, such a weird team. It was such a transition team, you know. I know, like, but Dwayne was awesome. Dwayne dragged that bad team to like forty something wins, and you know, had Jacoba Diawara not banked in that three against the Nets, the final day of the season, they would have played the Hawks and they would have smoked them. I know that for a fact. They almost traded for Amari. They did, and they eventually got Amari. I was so happy when they got Amari. Amari is one of my favorite players ever. That's why I want Bam to have like some Amari in him. He has Amari and more. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.